Is your calendar filling up with weddings and invites? Well, check off your to-do list at Macy's. I mean, I love weddings. Don't you love weddings? I love going to a wedding, but you have to be really careful with how you get dressed for a wedding because, all right, we all know you're not supposed to wear white, right? You can't wear white unless they tell you to wear white. And you really don't want to wear black because if you wear black, unless they tell you to wear black, then it feels like you're going to a funeral maybe, or you're depressed. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. You have to be really careful about what you're going to wear to a wedding. So pulling together the perfect wedding look, not that easy. But when you go to Macy's, they've got the latest spring dresses, shoes, and jewelry by the way, even skincare and makeup. So you can pull together a look for any dress code. I love one-stop shopping and Macy's has it all. They've got your glow up covered. So fabulous. All the things you need all in one spot. Check out Macy's wedding shop to help you get celebration ready at macy's.com slash wedding shop. This is Heather DeBrose World, and now you can live in it two times a week right here on Podcast One. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, before I introduce my guest, I keep meaning to say this, and I haven't said this, but we're going to change the name of the show. I don't want anyone to be triggered right now, but it's going to be great, and you'll see, and I'll talk about this as we get closer to this, but um, it's going to happen. Anyway, I'm very excited about my guest today. She's so fabulous. She's a mom of four. She's an attorney. She's a philanthropist. She's amazing. And she's also my castmate on The Real Housewives of Orange County. Please welcome Emily Simpson. Hello. Hi. Happy to be here. Actually, mom of five. Five. Yeah. Yes. Right. Five. Five. What did I say? Four? Four. I meant five. Well, I have four in the house. Four home. Four home. One in college. So... And I always have to explain the five because a lot of people say, I thought it was just three. But Shane has the two older girls from his first marriage, Shelby and Chanel, and then we have the three little ones together. So that's the five. But when you guys got married, how old were Mm. Shelby and Chanel? Oh, my gosh. So Chanel was two and Shelby was seven. So Chanel doesn't even know life without me. Like she was two. She has no idea. Like I've always been there. So, yeah. But those are your kids. Yeah. It's five. I was reading something. Someone posted something today. Oh, Gina posted it. Mm-hmm. It was something that Brittany, I think, had posted about a stepmother's love. I don't know. I didn't see that. It was but... really sweet. It uh-huh. was just really like how it doesn't, you know, it, there's not a competition thing. It doesn't yeah. replace a mother. It's right. just like you have your own special relationship. Yeah. It was really sweet, I thought. Yeah. And I've always said things like that where I'm not trying to be their mom or replace their mom. They clearly have a mom. I just feel like I am trying to be that female role model that can add to it, you know? Yeah. But I guess now, I mean, Chanel lives with us 100% of the time, so I kind of am like the mom. Yeah. But that must be hard because how do you do the discipline thing? I mean, with my own three children, I have no problem. Like, I'm on Annabelle's case all the time. Did you do your homework? Clean up your room. What are you doing? Like, your clothes are dirty. <laughs> Get in the bath. But with Chanel, it's I feel like I have to walk on eggshells because – and. I, I mean, that's just me. That's not anything she's done or Shane's done. It's just difficult sometimes to ride that line as a stepmom because, you know, you want to be friendly and, and you, you don't want to be like, you know how the stepmom always gets that evil stepmom kind yeah. of reputation. And so it's like, I have a hard time asking her to do things or disciplining. And she really honestly doesn't need discipline. Like, she's a great kid. She doesn't get in trouble or anything. But, you know, sometimes it's hard for me. I don't want to be like, can you clean up your room? Because it's disgusting. Right. But I don't say anything and I should and it's hard for me 
Maybe it's just that relationship with that child. Because I'll tell you, even with my four kids, yeah. I I don't parent them all the same way, to right. be honest with you. Because some of them, you know, you can't take the hard line with because right. that's going to be an issue and your relationship isn't as strong as right. in that right now as mm-hmm. it is with some of the other kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like with her, it's more of like I like I took her to see Frozen last week at yeah. Seegerstrom because she's um, in choir and like a show choir and an acapella group. So I thought that would be fun. So I, I try to do things with her that will like enhance her life or be experiences. And I just kind of like let the dirty dishes or unclean room. But Annabelle, I'm on her case daily. Like you need to clean your room. But Annabelle doesn't <laughs> go, are you kidding, mom? What about her? No, she does. I mean, she says, are you kidding, mom? (laughs) I mean, she says that. But she doesn't compare. No, she never does that. And it's Mm -hmm. the boy's birthday today. It is their birthday, yeah. Oh, my God. They're eight? Eight. I know. And then, of course, all those memories, like, on Facebook pop up of, like, when I posted when they were two and when they were four. And and I just got a little teary-eyed and cried a little, so. I feel a lot of boy-baby energy around right now because my friend Heather Almusa just had a baby. My friend Casey is having a boy. Mm -hmm. And then did you see the pictures of Rihanna's son? I didn't know. <gasps> oh my God! He's the, they did a spread. She and ASAP and yeah. the baby. Oh my God! He's the cutest thing you've it, like. Just like chunky, like oh, I love you know. Boys. If, if I wasn't forty seven, I would have another baby. Well, that we're going to talk all about today. We're going to talk about all that. But I wanted to talk about a few things before we get mm-hmm. into that. No, I know I have those embryos too. We're going to talk about all mm-hmm. that, and I'll tell you a funny story. I'm going to make myself a note. Um, but. Um, by the way, thanks for coming to my birthday party. Of course. It was so fun. You have a good time? I will tell you honestly, when you invited me to your birthday party, uh-huh. this is what I envisioned. Yes. I envisioned like a big table and we all were just going to like sit down for Boring. dinner. Yeah. That's what I envisioned. Yeah. Which that doesn't bother me. I like stuff like that too. But so when we walked up the stairs and it was just like, it was so fun and the energy was so high and I loved all the different stations that you had and just the drinks and the gong and the shots. And I mean, it was, it was so fun. And Shane talked about it for days. He even called Shireen, his sister, Uh because, you know, she's always party planning and everything and told her all about the haiku typewriter and she wanted the contact info. And anyway, it was great. And then the next day you had your father-in-law's. 80th. 80th birthday, which was like an it looked like a wedding. It was insane. Okay, my mother in law So who plans that? Well, my mother in law has a party planner. Her name's Mona. And um so she did their they had their fiftieth anniversary last year and right. they had it at Balboa Bay Resort in the ballroom and yep. it was over the top and insane. And I tell you, I didn't think you could top that. She she topped it. I I don't know how, but she did. It was it's like it's epic. It's unbelievable. I love yeah. I like watching them dance together. It's like yeah. so sweet. It is. They always do that. And their dance instructor was there. He was one of the guests. Oh my god, they like choreographic dance? Yes. They go to dance lessons every week. Oh my god. When we were getting married, I took Terry to Arthur Murray. Uh-huh. He's the worst dancer. You know how like Terry will do any television show ever? Yeah. He one show he would never do. Dancing with the stars? Ever. <laughs> he won't. He won't ever it doesn't matter. He will never he yeah. would never do that because he can't dance. So I took yeah. him for the lessons and everything. But I feel oh. like there's a lot of people in Dancing with the Stars that can't dance. No, no. He really can't. But also, it's like in his soul, he doesn't want any part of it. Okay. It's that, like, no. Hard no. You know what, though? Is it because he has a personality where he's very good at everything he does, so he doesn't want to do something that he's not good at? That is a really good question. Because uh, he, he clearly excels. Because I'm like that. Yeah. Like, I, if I do something, like, I'm 
pretty damn good at everything. And you're I competitive, do, and I'm competitive. He's competitive too. So if I'm not going to be good at something, I probably don't want to do. It. Okay, you <laughs> especially know, publicly. <laughs> I never really thought about that because it shows a little bit of like weakness, you know? Yeah, I never really thought Which, about that. It's nice to be vulnerable, but I just don't see. Terry wanting to show his vulnerable side, maybe. Yeah, maybe not. You know what? That's a really good point. I want to think about that. Do you guys have ski week off? Do you do the ski week? No. Well, they have a long weekend this weekend. They don't call it ski week, though, where they only get the one day off. Yeah. Well, I think they have. I think they have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I think they have the a four like a four day. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You guys gonna stay in town? We're gonna stay in town because it's Annabelle's birthday. So I'm having a party You're for in her. birthday mode. Yeah, so yes. I have three children, and they all are born like the same week. The boys were born February 15th, and she was born February 19th. So, so what did the boys do for their birthday? So next weekend, I'm going to have a birthday party for them. We're going to do like a Lego theme, and I have like a bounce house and stuff. Cute. This weekend is Annabelle's party, and she wanted a cowgirl theme. <laughs> so I have a bunch of pink cowgirl hats and someone coming to teach line dancing to a bunch of 10-year-olds. So That is so cute. <laughs> yes. But Shane drew the line at the mechanical bowl. <laughs> He was like, that's a hard no. Yeah, well, as we know, that doesn't always go well. Right? <laughs> I think he had visions of like 10-year-olds like flying through the air in our backyard and he just wasn't into it. Okay, I need to ask you a product question. Okay. Do you use a makeup set spray? No. Do I probably I, should. No, so this one, I saw Jamie Greenberg. Her her handle's Jamie Makeup, I think. She's a, like a celebrity makeup artist. Anyway, uh-huh. she was showing products oh, that she liked. That's very refreshing. Isn't that nice? Oh, I love that. This is from Thrive. I'm not sponsored, by the way. I'm just telling you. Do I you really like it. you have bottle of No, that? I just bought it because I wanted to try it out. But it's like a makeup spray to set your makeup, yeah. which I, you know, I've had makeup artists use on me, yeah. but I always thought it was kind of bullshit. Well, usually they spray it and I feel like it almost feels like a hairspray sometimes. You like know too what I mean? thick. Yeah, that's Sticky. Like... No, this is nice, but this is also a refresher to do yeah. throughout the day. I like it. I'm going to take a picture of it because yeah. I think I need that in my life. Um, by the way, I have to say mm-hmm. I am very impressed by your um, candidness about your surgery. Oh, well, I've had so many. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> so, so you, But you just posted everywhere that you had a facelift. Yeah, but that was actually about a year ago. And he just gave me the before and after photo. Okay, so but uh, I so I did a mini facelift, a mini lower facelift, but then just recently he did another treatment on me called Elicor. What is that? Um, it's pretty intense, actually. It was like it was like micro needling, except more intense. It actually like where the mic where the needles go in, it actually removes the skin. So it was like a core, you know, like okay, coring, like coring it out, and yeah. it supposedly removes like eight percent of your skin and your lower like all this area here. And what does it do? Like to tighten on yeah. the surface? It's like to tighten and to get yeah, right. Your skin looks beautiful. So he sent me. So my plastic surgeon, Doctor um, August, sent me like a before and after. After the Elicor, too. So it was basically like, here's the mini facelift. Okay, because I was confused. I was like, she didn't have another facelift. No, it was just it was just kind of a delayed response because we were doing like the mini facelift and then we did the Elicor treatment. And then he sent me the before and after. And honestly, I'd never seen the before and after like side by side like that. Uh huh. Because I'd never, you know, like lined up pictures like that. And then when I saw that, I was like, holy cow, that was like a huge transformation yeah so you look amazing i posted it and you know no but i think it's there. great i mean you know i well how do you feel about people talking about their plastic surgery or not like people that want to talk about it or people that like want to hide it um well i think it's always a personal choice whatever anyone wants to do i mean i appreciate when people talk about it because i like to learn from it right I and mean, you know especially when women are older middle age you know mature age and they look 
amazing. I mean, I, I want to know what they do, yeah. who they go to, yeah. what they've had done. You know, I don't judge. I just want to know. Right. Because <laughs> I probably want to do it too. Right. <laughs> no, I agree with that. I, my only thing is if someone doesn't want to talk about something, don't mm. talk about it. <clears throat> but don't say that you just drink water. No, that's the kind of stuff that bothers I don't like me. That. Or like you only use olive oil and you have right. like no wrinkles. It's like, mm, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know about that. I don't think so. Mm. I have to say, like I, I was telling you right before we started, mm-hmm. I ju- I haven't had Botox in like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I finally got some and my brow feels so – my forehead feels so heavy. But I did Botox and I got Sculpture in my hollow areas. And he puts like some in the back of the jaw here, mm-hmm. Dr. Mest. Mm-hmm. He puts it back here to kind of like – Pull it back a Pull little. Pull it back. Yeah. And then he gives me Botox in the neckline. I've never had Botox in the neck. Oh, and it gets rid of the platysmal bands. Yeah, but things. I feel like maybe I need to start doing that. Your neck that. looks good, but mine, you know, I'm older than you. But anyway, so, I, so you put Botox here, and it looks like I have a hickey, but I don't. And then I got Botox in my face. And, and then I got the gold needles, which I've talked about before. Yeah. And I, you know, I just felt like so refreshed, and I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to avoid the surgery thing. I kind of like the surgery thing. Yeah, no, you, but you have good luck with surgery. I'm just nervous. I don't know. It never makes me nervous. I actually like it. Like, I look forward to it. I get really? excited. Yes, when they put me to sleep, it's like my favorite thing ever. I am like, I put my arm out. I'm like, go for <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. Give me the dog. That's how I am when I get a colonoscopy. Oh, I I've love never had that. I need, I start, I need to do that. I need a I need a colonic and a colon. No, you colon. have to get a colonoscopy. I need both, but I need yes. a colonic too. Why? I don't know. It's I have... a self-cleaning oven. You don't need a colonic. But what if your oven only self-cleans like once a week? <laughs> oh, that would be me. But you know what? There's a – Shannon gave me something. It's called Colon Max. Oh, did that work for you? Yeah, because Sally told me to use it. You know what? My trainer gave me something one time or that she recommended for me like a colon – and I took it before I went to Disneyland with my kids. Bad I would not plan. suggest doing that. Bad plan. No, awful plan. <laughs> Horrible plan. That is so funny. It wasn't funny at the time. No, I'm going to send you the link for the colon max. <laughs> okay. It's re- it's good. Okay. Because I'm someone that could go. But no. is it one of those things that like I have to take and like not leave my house? Because if I'm at no, Target, no, I'm going to be night, like. Okay. And then you go in the morning. Okay. So it's not like it hits you in the middle of the day. No. Pull over the side of the road. No. Kind of thing. No. Okay. It's not like x Lax. Okay. <laughs> Did you ever do that in college? We used to do that. We used take to take X-Lax for yeah. a, No. To try to lose weight, you'd eat too much, you'd take X. It's so bad. No. Don't but, do that at home. No. But I and I used to just do the not eating. Oh. At all. Like in law school and college, like if I wanted to lose weight, I would just yeah. not eat. But I can't do that anymore at 47. Like that doesn't really work for me much. No, me either. I used to do a scooped out bagel and a Diet Coke and a cigarette. Wait, what's a scooped out? Because you take a bagel and you'd scoop out like most of the bread and just have the shell of the bagel. <laughs> you hate That's the worst part. Whatever. The inside's the good part. I'm just telling you. That's what we did. Listen, the other thing we did was we'd scoop out the bagel to get rid of all those calories and put tuna and a piece of cheese and melt it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was dietary. I know, because that tuna with mayonnaise. (laughs) (laughs) That was so good for you. All right. (laughs) I had – so for Valentine's Day, we went to CDM last night. Mm -hmm. And they have this thing called dirty pasta. Have you ever had it? Have you ever been there? Yeah, with you. All right. (laughs) Did you have the dirty pasta? No. I don't know. Did we order it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's like rigatoni. Oh, you, you did have the dirty pasta. So good. I like dirt. I feel like you could put dirty in front of anything and I'll I would eat like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is so funny. I was talking um, the other day on the show about the party and we were talking about the mini cocktails. Yeah. My favorite thing. I'm never going to have a party without mini cocktails. Yeah. Best thing ever. So cute. Heather DeBrose World is brought to you by. 
Cozy Earth. You guys, have you not heard of Cozy Earth yet? They've been featured on Oprah's favorite things. All products are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo, and they come with a 10-year warranty. Cozy Earth bedding, it's delicious. It's temperature regulating. It's available in viscose from bamboo and in linen. I have the most delicious linen sheets. Oh, especially in the summer, they're cool, they breathe. Cozy Earth loungewear offers optimal comfort while maintaining a flattering, elegant fit. And Cozy Earth offers premium bath products made from viscose from bamboo. They offer a plush collection as well as their new waffle collection. It's almost Valentine's Day. Snuggle up this Valentine's Day in Cozy Earth's best-selling bamboo sheet set. Cozy Earth is a great Valentine's gift for you or a loved one. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners today. 35% off sidewide when you use the code HEATHER. Have you ever thought about how important it is to be close to loved ones and people we trust when we need help? Listen, I travel all over the country, and if I found myself, or worse, one of my kids in a hospital far from home, I would want us to get back to our own doctors and the people we know and love as quickly as possible. And I'm sure you would, too. And that's why I want to tell you about Fly You Home. Fly You Home gives members the option to be transported from a faraway hospital to one close to home so they can recover near friends and family. And Fly You Home takes care of absolutely everything. Everything from Hospital A to Hospital B at no charge to you. Membership is amazingly affordable. $159 a year covers everyone in your home. I've arranged for my listeners to get up to a $100 e-gift card with a new membership. Just use code Heather. Take control of your care. Please go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash Heather today. That's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash Heather. Before you use AI to transform your agency you need to begin with trust. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com federal. IBM. Let's create. All right, so... I, you know, I'm so happy to spend time with you. And I, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show mm-hmm. was because I posted something about my frozen embryos mm-hmm. and how I got the bill and I cried. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you the response mm-hmm. that I got to this mm-hmm. to the point where I ran into this doctor mm-hmm. that saved my friend's life mm-hmm. when I was getting my mammogram yesterday. And I ran into him in the in the lobby of Hogue. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hi, how are you? And he goes, hey, my wife follows you. What did you do with the embryos? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. I mean, like, so, and then you commented on yeah. it. You and I were talking about yeah. it. And it's like, you know, it, so many of us with mm-hmm. these stories. Mm-hmm. And you don't really talk about your fertility journey and, mm-hmm. and all that. And I just wanted to chat with you about it and give you the opportunity to talk about it and help people. Yeah. You know, when I saw you uh, posted that, I commented um, because I go through the exact same thing. When I get that bill in the mail, I open it and and I don't mind paying it. I'll pay it till the end of time. The thing that it does is it triggers all those emotions that I don't think about or talk about because I've gotten to the point where, you know, my daughter's 10, my boys are eight now. So, but um, it brings back memories. Like that was a five-year span of my life. That was the hardest thing I've ever, ever gone through. And 
one of the things that I think it triggers is when you have all the conversations leading up to in vitro or surrogacy or all the different things that I went through, no one ever has a conversation with you about having leftover embryos and what you do with them. Right. That was never a conversation. It was never a thought. At least for me, it wasn't. No, the only thing I remember someone saying is you had to sign something about what happens if you die. Yeah, something like that, maybe. Like a, right. That's the only thing I remember. Right. Like if you die, uh-huh. or if one of you dies, what happens to that? Yeah. Did you have that? Probably. Okay. I mean, I had to, I had to, it was so complicated because my sister was a surrogate. Actually, it's called gestational carrier, but, um, there was so what much is the difference between a gestational carrier and a surrogate? See, I didn't know this either, but I learned all this when we went through yeah. it. A surrogate, I believe, I hope I'm right, I think I'm right, because I looked this up before, but it's been many years, is when she's the actual egg donor and then carries. Oh. And I believe a gestational carrier is like my sister where it's not her. It's, it's an embryo. It, she's just in the there. carrier. Yes. So, But I always say surrogate because I – because that's just the common word, and I don't think people understand if you say something else. Right. So I just always use surrogate. But um, anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. But <laughs> so you you were saying you had a different yeah. experience because you had a surrogate, right? But when you when you started the the IVF. Well, so take me back a okay. little bit. So yeah. you guys got married, right? I was thirty two. We got married, and immediately when we got married, we tr- started trying to have kids immediately. Because that was the goal. Right. And I felt like my clock was ticking. I went to law school, graduated from law school at 29, started working. And by the time I married Shane at 32, I really felt like, oh, my gosh, like I got to get this family going. I felt like the clock was really ticking. And um, so we, I got pregnant immediately. And that wasn't the issue. Like I got pregnant and I had a miscarriage at like early on, four or five weeks or something. And I tried not to get too upset about the first miscarriage because I had lots of friends and family that had had a miscarriage and then went on to have children. Right. So I tried not to like, you know, let it get me down too much. Then, of course, you know, we had to wait the months, few months just to make sure like everything was fine. Tried again, got pregnant again, had another miscarriage. Um, just all all together, I think I ended up having about five miscarriages. Oh, and each, each one... Um, each one lasted a little bit longer, so it would always kind of trick me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I made it to, like, seven weeks this time. And I would get excited, and then I would have a miscarriage. So I ended up going to um, a fertility doctor in Beverly Hills. His name is Dr. Najma Body, And um, I did in vitro myself. And I was pregnant with twins, a boy and a girl, and I lost them at 16 weeks. I always get emotional when I talk about it. I yeah. knew I was going to. Yeah. And I'll never forget that. Shane and I lived in Utah at the time. I was 16 weeks pregnant with twins. We were at Costco shopping. And I remember looking at him and I said, I don't feel well. Something doesn't feel right. And right when I said that, my water broke right oh. in the aisle in Costco, like just rushed out. And I immediately knew, like, this is this is bad. Like, I'm only 16 weeks. Like, there's no way that there's any help, like, saving this. But, um, and Shane rushed me to the hospital, of course. And when they went through the whole thing of, like, we'll try to put your feet up. And, like, I mean, I ended up going into labor, like, full-blown labor. And I had to give birth to them. And so it was really traumatic. And that was around Thanksgiving time. And then I remember a couple weeks later, my sister came out for Thanksgiving to Utah and I was 
telling her what I went through. I was only a couple weeks out from losing them. Right. And we were sitting in the kitchen in our, in our house in Utah, and I was talking about how I lost them and devastated. I was crying, I'm sure. And my sister looked at me and said, please do not try again. Your body just can't do it. She was like, I will do it for you. And I remember looking at her going, wait, what do you mean? And she goes, no, I will do it for you. You're, I don't know what's wrong with your body, but your body just can't handle it. I will do it for you. Did she have kids at this she time? She had a daughter who was three, four at the time. And I was like, are you serious? And she goes, yes, like I, I'm going to do this for you. And immediately, like after Thanksgiving was over, I contacted Dr. Najma Body and I was like, this is how we're going to go forward. My sister's going to be a surrogate. And that's what we went with. And it was that simple. I mean, it wasn't that simple, but it, it really was as far as her doing it. But then it became... So how do you like, you know, how did Shane feel about that? Um, I, He he never really said. He was just always behind me with whatever I did. Yeah. He, I, I feel like when it came to issues like that with our bodies and, and what I was going through, like he, I think he really felt like he couldn't have an opinion. Opinion, and I don't mean that in a way like he's meek. I mean, as in like it was my body, and I was going through all of that, and yeah. so I think he felt like he just had to like take a back seat and let me make decisions about what I wanted to do. So after you lost the twins, did mm-hmm. what did your doctor say as far as options? He just said like I'm not. He said like let's do some tests and see if we can figure out what happened, and let's try again. And that's when I contacted him and I was like, I don't want to try again. My, We're going to have my sister. And then, of course, he was like, that's great because, you know, there's a higher chance of success with someone that's had children because my sister had had a, a daughter and had no complications. And so we just started from there. And it was really complex. I mean, it's been several years since I had to. But when I think back, I mean, my sister had to have an attorney and she had to have a contract. Right. I had to have an attorney. And, you know, both sides had to – this contract was like 78 pages or something. She had to have a psychological evaluation. She had to have a physical exam. She had to meet with my doctor who was in Beverly Hills. She lived in Ohio, so I had to fly her out. And, I mean, it was just, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. I had to do the egg retrieval. And, I mean, everything was timing and, like, it, it was very complicated. I mean, so in practical terms, mm-hmm. you know – you and your sister are close. Yes. But all sisters, like, get into it sometimes. Right. Like, how do you get through that? Or was the was that whole period of time just like, here's the goal. We're on the same team. Yeah. We just need to, like, do whatever we need to to make this happen. Yeah. Or was were, were there emotional difficulties to that? There was really – there was never mm. a time where there was anything difficult between my sister and me. Like, I know that the end goal was that I had children and she was 100% committed to <clears> that. <throat> And so there was never anything between us. Her her husband was a little hesitant, and I understand. And I do believe that he had conversations with the doctor. He was included in some of the initial conversations and what my sister had to go through. And he had to be on board, too, of course. Yeah. And so – Because she had to take – medications to get her lining right and all right. that kind of and thing. she also had to take maternity leave and she also we right. had to figure out insurance and like i mean right there's things you don't think about like our insurance had to cover her going to the doctor but she has insurance but but she's carrying the baby but it's not her baby i mean it was it was very complicated yeah, yeah. so okay so then um she gets pregnant mm-hmm. with annabelle mm-hmm. it's a miracle mm-hmm I'm sure you were very nervous the entire pregnancy. I was. If I, I think t- today I have PTSD, a, a form of it, 
from going through five years of miscarriages and then the the times that my sister was carrying my children, I just the anxiety levels that I have and and just the physical, you know, just like the heart rate and just everything that goes crazy when I think about my children or think about something happening to them. Because I had so many traumatic losses during that time period that like it was just I don't know. My body has like a physical response when I think about my children or something yeah. happening to my children. It's so crazy. You know, we were talking before about like Terry dancing or you know mm-hmm. not you know wanting mm-hmm. to be good at things. Mm-hmm. I mean, me like you mm-hmm. thought, oh, when I want to get pregnant, I'll just yeah. I'll, it's mm-hmm. wow. How could it be a problem? Right. And the emotional toll that it takes mm-hmm. on you is just so huge. Mm-hmm. This this thing. This biological thing that's supposed to be like no big deal. Right. And you know what was hard for me was during that time I lived in Utah and we lived on a cul-de-sac and every house on our cul-de-sac, because this they're this is Mormon country. Had a lot of kids. Had a lot of kids. Like yeah. m- multitudes of kids. Our neighbors had like, I don't even know, like sixty something grandchildren and great grandchildren and it was just the amount of kids was insane, and it was just so hard for me during that time period to live where there were just kids everywhere and families with so many kids, and I couldn't even have one. Right. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why Why am I being punished? I, I had a lot of grappling with, like, God and religion and, like, why I'm a good person. Why is this happening to me? And I was questioning things, and... It was just it was very it was very difficult. It was it took its toll. I did go to a lot of therapy. So after you had Annabelle mm-hmm. and now you have this healthy child, mm-hmm. how many well how many embryos did you have? Um I don't remember in the beginning. Actually Annabelle was we actually implanted a boy and a girl. And the boy what it didn't take or, or whatever yeah. it is. So yeah. we ended up only having Annabelle. Um, and then when we had the two boys, those were the only male embryos that I had left. Because I remember Dr. Naj saying to me when we implanted the two male embryos, this is your one shot at having a son. After this, there's no there's no more male embryos. And I'm not going to do an egg retrieval on you because you're too old at this point. I think I was 39. And I think he was like, you're you good. know. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember thinking, wow, like that's a lot of pressure. Like this is this is my shot. At, yeah. You know. And then we ended up with both boys. So we were just very lucky with with that one. But then now after so after we did that, I ended up with nine remaining embryos and they're all female. So you have nine. I have nine. You made a lot of embryos. That's yeah. really good. I never mm-hmm. I don't think I ever had that many. We had three the first time. Mm-hmm. Four. We had four. They put four in. And I ended up with I carried three for like maybe fifteen weeks. And oh, then, wow. Yeah and then one just didn't make it. Were you okay with having four? No, but the way I, I, my memory, and this is a long time ago, this mm-hmm. is like two decades ago, mm-hmm. but my memory was that it was like, that's how many they put in and you're hoping to get one or two. Right. But and did you ever think it could be four though? No. 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 And I think we were sort of told also they grade the embryos. They do, yeah. So I knew that one was great mm-hmm. and one was okay and the mm-hmm. other two, mm. mm-hmm. Okay, I have to tell a funny story about the yeah. grading the embryos because yes. they do grade them. Yes. And I think Annabelle was like an A plus or something. Who knows? Anyway, I always talk about Annabelle being like my feral child because she's so wild and like literally climbs walls and like had to have her ears stitched on back on when she was two because she ripped it off running around being insane. And one day she was just being Annabelle, just being crazy and climbing walls and everything. And Shane looked at me and said, couldn't we have just gone for like a good C, like a good solid <laughs> 
see. <laughs> that is so funny. I remember seeing those two, and I think like the twins were bees, uh-huh. and I'm like, they're never getting into it. Right? Like, I know it's not. Happening. I know. I don't think my boys were rated as high as her. Either. I was like, great, they're gonna have like this <laughs> sister that excels at everything, and my boys are just gonna be average. But it's it's they're all so different that. It all evens and it, out those in the things end. don't correlate right, either. It's right. just the grade of the embryo. Right, right. But um, yeah, so we and then we went back after the twins. I wanted the experience of having just one, mm-hmm. so I just put in one embryo, and that was odd because we had three embryos, mm-hmm. and I didn't care because I had a boy and a girl, and I was just like, put in the strongest one, mm-hmm. and they were like, well. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. There's two that are like the same grade, both really great. And obviously Mm -hmm. one was a boy. And so I said to Terry, I go, this isn't God making a decision. Mm -hmm. This is the lab guy. Mm -hmm. So either we choose or the lab guy chooses. That was very weird. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I've ever talked about that before. But, Mm -hmm. you know, because people get triggered by hearing these kinds of things. But the truth is sometimes you have to decide. And I honestly didn't care. I just wanted a healthy kid. Right. But, I mean, I I, 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 I'm from a family of sisters. Mm-hmm. So I picked the girl. Mm-hmm. And I mean, can you imagine a world without Katerina? Yeah. Crazy. Right. And then my last one was au naturel. I mean, mm-hmm. I had no idea if you had sex, you could get pregnant. Oh, but, yeah. You were one of those. No huh? one told me that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a dry spell. So I don't know. So wait, let me – so before you did in vitro, mm-hmm. did you have – Problems? Did you have miscarriages like I did? I didn't have miscarriages. I just couldn't get pregnant. Okay. There was just nothing. Nothing happening. Nope. And we tried every trick in the book. Mm -hmm. And then we went to the doctor. Mm -hmm. We went to Hal Danzer, who Terry knew Mm -hmm. in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. And um, they tried all the preliminary stuff and the different, you know, the Clomids. By the way, my God, did you ever take Clomid? No. Clomid, for me was liquid evil. I don't know what happened, but I would literally swallow the pill. Mm -hmm. And within 10 minutes, I was like the Hulk. Like my head came off and spun (laughs) around. And like, it was crazy. Not good with the Clomid. But I tried everything. And then we did IUIs. And then we did this. Then we did that. And then it was pilot season. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm an actress. And Mm -hmm. in those days, pilot season was a very specific period of time. It was like January to April. And you had to like get your show then. And so I go, I need a break. Like too many hormones, and you know, you get on the hormones, and mm-hmm. and then you know they're they're pumping you up, and then you try and you do the IUIs, and and it doesn't work, and then you're mm-hmm. depressed, then you had to wait, and then mm-hmm. so I took a break, and then finally I went into his office, and I'm like, tell me about IVF. What's my percentage? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think you have a really good like eighty mm-hmm. percent chance, mm-hmm. and because they couldn't figure it out, right? They tested. Terry sperm. They tested my. Th- yeah. there, there was like I've an unknowable. I yeah. went. I, the worst thing ever is what some people don't understand is you go. You get run through all these tests, and there's something called a hysterosalpingogram. Oh my gosh! Why do that? I remember <laughs> that name? But this is what I remember. It's done by like. It's not an OB or it's not a GYN. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a radiologist mm-hmm. up in your vagina, mm-hmm. and they and they like. Put dye in your tubes. Do you remember that thing? Yeah, I did that. It they, was so they called awful. it like a hydrosonogram or something, but maybe that was just like the simple word for it. Maybe I don't know. I remember that word. Someone's gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong. But what I remember is mm-hmm. I felt like you spread your legs and someone's like giving you like a jiffy lube. Yeah, didn't ca- just very mm-hmm. put things in. Yeah, and painful and like jarring. Yeah, and then they give you a CD. 
Yeah, here, thanks. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm not having a cigarette? Like, yeah. what? Nothing? Yeah. And, and I remember because my sister had it done, too, when she was going through IVF. And she was like, oh, my God. I'm like, I told you. It's like mm-hmm. your body's going through. It was very upsetting yeah. and invasive, and mm-hmm. it just felt awful. Um, anyway, so we ended up just, you know, doing IVF. Mm-hmm. It worked the first time. We were very lucky. We didn't really have a terrible journey. Yeah. But I did go through all the emotions right. of all of it and all that. But we, I didn't have any embryos left over. So we had to do it all over again mm-hmm. for when we had cat. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up with the two. But when I had my fourth, naturally, now I got two frozen. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, after I had cat, I always thought, like, well, I'll just unfreeze. If I ever want one more, maybe mm-hmm. I'll just unfreeze one of those. But mm-hmm. she had issues when mm-hmm. she was 15 months old. She wasn't crawling talking, mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And they told me she was apraxic and she wouldn't have four words by the age of four. It mm. wasn't true, thank God. Right. But um, she was just like, she went from zero to 60 and, you know, catch talks mm-hmm. a lot. She's super smart, mm-hmm. great kid. Um, but that changed me mm-hmm. so much and it scared me so much. I'm like, I'm done. I have three healthy kids. Like, I'm done. And then I right. got pregnant naturally and I was mm-hmm. terrified the whole time and everything. But now I've got these two frozen embryos. Mm-hmm. So you have nine. I have nine. Mm-hmm. And you pay for them every year. Every, yep. So what are the, I mean, what are your options? There's lots of options. You can give them up for adoption. Mm-hmm. You can destroy them. Mm-hmm. You can keep paying for them. Mm-hmm. You can donate them to science. You can donate to them to science. There's lots of things you can mm-hmm. do with them. Actually, Dr. Dancer called me the other day and left me a message. She's like, call me if you want to talk about your embryos. And then this doctor that saved my friend's life, I mm-hmm. ran into, he was like, mm-hmm. we pay for them too. You mm-hmm. know, like, what are you going to do? My thing is this. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what I want to do, but I, mm-hmm. I'm curious why you're saving them and what you want to do with them. You know, I, I don't know exactly what I want to do with them. Um I, I pay it every year because I feel like that's the that's the <laughs> that's the safe route. Like that's the least emotional route for me. I just pay for it. And I, I this sounds crazy, but I feel like my worst fear is something will happen to my three children, and then my I won't have any embryos, even though I'm 47. So if something did happen to my children, like I I, I don't know if I would like I'm too old to probably have more children anyway, but. And I, I don't know. I think there's also some emotional attachment to them just because of everything I went through to get to the point where I have them. So I'm very protective of them. And I also think of them as like, I know this sounds crazy. I'm probably crazy. But I, I feel like they're siblings to the children that I do have. And sometimes I feel guilty. Like, why do these children get to live, but these don't? I, I grapple with a lot of different feelings and scenarios so, do so I. the easiest thing for me is just to pay hey. it and then to let it go another year and then to get the bill and to go through it again and i i people have so many people have sent me messages and said why don't you donate them here's why i can't and i'll just be upfront and honest about it i don't i couldn't do that i wish i could but knowing that there is a full sibling to my three children out there in the world somewhere, I don't think I could emotionally handle it. I would want to be involved in that child's life. I would want to be at their birthday party. I would want my children to know them. I would stalk them. I would be sad every day knowing that there was a child that was mine and Shane's existing in the world that wasn't with me in my household. I couldn't handle it psychologically. And women that can handle that, I give them so many kudos for being able to do that. I just, me personally, I I just couldn't. And so that's why donation is out. 
um, destroying, yes, I guess that's an option, or donating to science. But there's also, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but there's something called a compassionate transfer, where you put the embryos in your body, and your body absorbs them. And I think that's probably what I will do someday. I've never heard of that. Yeah. My luck, I'd get pregnant. <laughs> I think they ingest, they don't put it like in your uterus. I think they put it maybe like in your bloodstream or something so that they're just in your body and then your body just absorbs it and then they just. Okay. I need to find out about that. So I feel like at some point when I'm ready to let go, that that's probably what I would do. If you run a business, finding the right people is crucial, but it's also very time consuming. Luckily, Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Candidates that you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to U.S. Indeed data. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Join over three million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Visit Indeed.com slash Heather to start hiring now. That's Indeed.com Indeed.com slash Heather. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. So I got so many comments and mm-hmm. have whenever I talk about this that you need to donate them. I feel the same way you do. Mm-hmm. I have a girlfriend <clears throat> who gave hers up for adoption mm-hmm. in 60 years. Oh, okay. Oh, see, Yeah. There's something you can do where you can give them up for adoption, mm-hmm. but not in your lifetime. Right. Because um, I'm the same as you. I, I, I would have a very – it would be very difficult for mm-hmm. me to know that our child is out in the world somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if that sounds selfish. Yeah. And, and, I, and I feel terrible that I can't do that, but mm-hmm. I couldn't release that kid. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't either. I can't do it. And and I think it's easy for people to say what you should do because they're not in that specific situation and they don't know what it's like. And I, I just think that, um, you know, when you're, when you're in the situation that we are, where we, you went through what, what we went through to have those embryos and that they're a part of like our life or family and we think about them and, and grapple with it, that it's just not such an easy thing thing to do. I mean, I couldn't take Annabelle and be like, oh, we'll just go live with that family over there. (laughs) All right. Well, tell me if you think this is insane. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, my sister was infertile. I was infertile. Mm -hmm. What happens if one of my kids is infertile Mm -hmm. and needs an egg donor Mm -hmm. or something what if would they ever want to use one of those mm-hmm. embryos because they'd basically be giving birth to their sibling? I know I've thought about that too because I've thought about if I saved them and then Annabelle had trouble having children that she could use those embryos and she would she would give birth to her sister. Yeah, I don't know. That's where this where it it's very 
It's mucky. It's it is. Well, think about this. Yeah, Katerina. Mm-hmm. The two I have frozen mm-hmm. are her batch, so you could consider them triplets, right? Right. So if she gave birth to one of them, she'd be giving birth to her twin. Right. Yeah. How weird is that? I know. It That's is. a lot to think about. It is a lot to think about. I know. That's I why when know. that bill comes, that's why I'm saying it's like that bill comes and you pay it. But there, there's so many scenarios, you know? I mean, I even thought like, I don't know, maybe I should create some trust. And then like, like you said, like in 60 years, like someone else could use them or a hundred years or I don't, you could do like, I don't even know. You could have, they could be born in a thousand years. <laughs> like, it's crazy. I mean, it's really kind of mind boggling when you think about it. It totally is. But I think at the end of the day, everyone needs to do what feels right for them. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's a lot. It's emotional. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Being a parent is the hardest job ever. Yes, it is. Whether they're with us or not with us. Mm-hmm. I, I cry every day. <laughs> I do. But it's either from I cry from happiness because I love my children so much mm-hmm. or, or I cry – because I get overwhelmed or I or I cry because it's so hard and I'm tired. But that's what I'm saying. Like when you say it's the hardest job in the world, it's because the emotions with having children and parenting are so high that it's so – it takes such an emotional toll on you. I mean taking little people and raising them to be good humans and, and getting them all the places they need to go and, and being there for them and helping them with projects and schoolwork and also – I mean, Annabelle's 10 now, so she's very sassy, so she hurts my feelings a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just – it's so much every day. It's so much every day, and it changes so much. You know, they're, it's so physically exhausting when they're mm-hmm. little and you're chasing them and all that. And then it switches to more emotional. But you're in that spot – it's funny because I was I was looking at, at people's Valentine feeds yesterday mm-hmm. and seeing everyone's class parties and the and the treats they're bringing to school. Mm-hmm. And I, my first thought was, thank God I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, like, I was so over that. But then I was looking like my son is off with his girlfriend for Valentine's Day and mm-hmm. not going to be with us, and that made mm-hmm. me a little sad. Mm-hmm. And all those different stages. Yeah. See, I think about my boys having girlfriends and that. That kind of hurts my heart. Does that – does it – because I know you're close with your son. Like yes. I, my boys are – it's such a different relationship between girls and boys. Mm-hmm. I mean I would say I'm close with all my children. But my boys are – they're very respectful of me and they're very attached to me. And so when I think about that point in time when that – because Shane says all the time, they're, you're, they're not always going to want to be around you all the time. Right. And I'm like, what do you mean? No, what are you but, talking but wait, about? That's not true. <laughs> Nikki always wants to be with me. We go out to dinner together. He calls me. And he's not like a mama's boy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He just likes me. Yeah. We went shopping a couple of weeks ago. He went with me to Petrosi and at Tiffany. He sat down. He doesn't eat caviar. But, you know, I had a glass of champagne and he got like a salad and a potato. And we yeah. Hung out. We had lo- he, I love hanging out with him. Yeah. Okay, so that makes me happy because yeah. I just feel like I have to prepare myself for this time no. when it just switches and they're not – like they don't want to be around me anymore and they don't want to hang out with me anymore and that would break my heart. No, but it changes. And, you know, and I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but, you know, they go through the douchey stage. Right. We know that. And mm-hmm. it's different for different kids. Sometimes it's 10 to 12. Sometimes right. it's 12 to 14. Sometimes right. they go in and out of it, right. you know. 
There's that. They get when they get the independence of driving the car. I'm sure you've seen this maybe with Chanel. Yeah. Then they, you know, they revert a little bit because mm-hmm. they think they're all that. You mm-hmm. know, it comes and goes. But I have to say, <clears throat> it's so cool when they're older. Yeah. I like it. See, I do have to remind myself of that because I get a little sad that they're not so little anymore. But then I have to tell myself that it, the evolving relationship with them is so interesting. And, you know, when they were that little, they were so cute and adorable, but I couldn't have conversations with them. No. But now, you know, Annabelle's 10, so we actually have good conversations. And so I have to really remind myself that I have to look forward to them getting older because it changes and transitions into something more complex and, you know, different, but different good. It is different good. I'm telling you. And, you know, everyone had – so many people had told me, you know, when the twins go to college, you know, it's so hard. And But I feel like we're so lucky Mm -hmm. with technology that we can FaceTime and talk and, you know, do all that stuff and travel and visit each other and whatever. I mean, Max, it's hard because she's so far. Mm -hmm. But even still, we talk all the time and I know what's going on in her life and, you know – it's nice. Yeah. I'm so happy for them. I love – I mean, isn't the point of what we're doing for them, for them to go out and fly? Well, that's the point of parenting, right? Yeah. I mean, the point is, is so that they can leave and they can be independent and they can be successful. Yes. So if that's what they're doing, then we've done our job. 100%. That's why yeah. when I see like – I'll use Nikki and Max because they're the mm-hmm. ones in college. But like when, when Max says, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to go – do blah like she has a girlfriend and they're going to London. Her girlfriend's from London, mm-hmm. so for spring break they're going to London. I'm mm-hmm. so excited for her. Yeah. She's not coming home, so I'm gonna go visit her. But I'm so. I, she goes, "Are you? Do you want me to come home?" I go, mm-hmm. "No, go have mm-hmm. an experience. Right. That's is what you, this is what life is for." Yeah. And same with Nikki. He's like, you know, my friend invited me something something over the summer. I said, "Do it. Mm-hmm. Go do everything." Yeah. That's out there. Yeah. So. When you think about all this, and I know your kids are still young, but do you start to think about what your life looks like when they leave? I do because you know what I do all the time? I do the math. Like Annabelle's 10. How many summers? So I'm like, okay, that means I only have eight more years with her. The boys are eight. That means I only have 10 more years. And then I figure out my age, which is going to be 57. And I think, well, that's still relatively young, right? But you know what makes me happy when I think about it is that Shane and I are just in such a good place in our relationship and we really do enjoy being together that I look forward to the point when he and I can just do what we want to do, travel, take weekend trips. It's so hard with kids. Yeah. Like we have such a hard time traveling. Like we're trying to play on a trip and it's so difficult because I have to have someone come and stay an entire week with my children and I have to have a schedule for them to take them to school and pick them up and take them to their activities. Mm-hmm. It has to be someone I trust. Mm-hmm. And then just trying to figure all that out is so overwhelming. I'm almost I almost get to the point where I'm like forget it. It's easier just to stay home and it's not go not anywhere. It's worth it. It's I know. So so I really look forward to having the freedom of being able to say, hey, let's go to Columbia. Let's go here. Let's go to – because we can't right now. It's so difficult. Yeah. So we're very close to that mm-hmm. um, a little bit. We're, we're, we're very close. Much better now, but almost close to mm-hmm. like being super free. Um, and it is. It's so – I mean I'm seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. It's very, very nice. Um, 
But I have to say, like, I think one of the things we did not do well when the kids were younger, mm -hmm. I wish we had taken more trips. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be like the epic week-long Columbia, right, the right, Maldives, right, whatever. Right. But just those weekends. Yeah. That is so – if you can find – especially over the weekend because it's just like a game on Saturday they mm -hmm. have to get to and it's right. not like all the school stuff. Right. It's so good for your relationship yeah. to do that. That yeah. we've done well over the years. Yeah, and I need to get better at that. But I did – like I took all three kids to Vegas um, – over the summer, mm -hmm. and it was so fun. It's so fun. It was just me and the kids, yeah. and we went to Vegas. They love it. They talk about it all the time. They want to know when they can go back. We yeah. drove there together, and that was fun because it was like a fun road trip, mm -hmm. and we stopped at you know little stops on the way, and they love the hotel, and they ran around in the hallways, and they loved everything <laughs> was so big in Vegas. Yeah. And so for their spring break, I was thinking of taking them on a road trip up the coast and just doing like a couple stops like Solvang or like Carmel-by-the-Sea, Monterey, just some little stops with the kids and then coming back. I took my kids to Vegas like for four like vacations in a mm -hmm. row and mm -hmm. then they got done with it. Mm -hmm. But you can go – I'm telling you, mm -hmm. you can go back. There's yeah. so many – did you take them to um, the the – indoor skydiving no but we did they have this new thing that was like one of those simulator rides and mm -hmm. they have like um they had like a wild west one and then they had like an iceland one and we did the iceland one and it was so cool it was like it, you literally felt like you were there and you know it like flies you everywhere like star tours yeah, yeah. but better <laughs> i mean it was amazing really yeah, yeah there's so many fun things they used yeah. to love it circus circus is really good yeah there there's so many things here. I know. They got the top golf. Yeah. And it's it's the, from from us to Vegas, it's the perfect amount of time for like a uh you know, like a road trip with kids. Yeah. Because it's like three and a half, four what hours. What would you do with them in Carmel? I just wanna I wanna go for myself. Yes. But I feel like they'd be okay for like a night there. Yeah, just you take to, them on the boardwalk there. To, yeah, yeah. Just something like that. Like not a long time. Like they'll like Solvang. I've taken them there before, but you know, we like we rent the bikes and so ride around and why doesn't Shane go with you? Because um, he has to work, so he can't take that much time off during a week. I love taking my kids. Yeah, and alone. I don't. I don't mind taking them alone. Like I'm. I'm pretty good at Doesn't it. Doesn't it make you feel powerful? To yeah, do that? yeah. And I like to bond with them and spend time with them, and I hope create memories with them. You know. Yeah. And I mean, this doesn't mean Shane's not involved. Like he's a great dad. He just he has a he has a full time job, so you know he can't take off all the time and yeah. and be gone like like I can. So. No, I know. Terry's the same way. I remember going for Easter once. He couldn't come. And so I took them to Hawaii. Yeah. And I was like, I can do this. Yeah. We're good. But Some of my kids want to take a cruise. Oh, see, I'm not a big fan of cruises. Me either. I mean, I felt like I should take the kids on a cruise because I thought they would like it. Would you want to go with me? Yeah, I'll go. So, yeah. I, I mean, I I feel like my kids would love a cruise. First of all, my boys are obsessed with the Titanic. Have you ever have you ever seen that in my stories before? Oh my God! But they cannot talk about the Titanic <laughs> if we're going on a cruise. <laughs> they would love to go on a ship, like a cruise ship, because they would be like, "Oh my God, it's bigger than the Titanic." They know all the facts about well, the Titanic. There was a commercial on the other day, and it was one of those like. There are slides and there's an ice skating rink and you can go indoor skiing on the yeah. ship, whatever. And I was like, oh, no. I know. See, all I would want to do is like just lay on a lounge chair with a drink. That's why we get the VIP guide. Yeah. But my kids <laughs> would love all, all of, that. of that. All of that. All right. Well, we might have to plan this. But you have to go with my kids. That's fine. Okay. You have to go with mine. <laughs> That's okay. Yours are older, though. Yeah. Well. Mine are still in that. They might throw a tantrum sage. I don't so. mind. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm used to it. It's totally fine. I thank you so much for being here. This was really amazing. 
I so value as a friend, Thank and you. I, you're so brave and honest to talk about everything. And Thank you. And well, I, I appreciate it. you asking me. It's nice to get the opportunity because I don't talk about it very often, but I do like to share it because, um, you know, every time I share the story, I get so much feedback from women that say thank you because I feel like that was one of the the hardest things for me was I felt very alone during that time period. Yeah. And so I like to talk about it because I hope other women, if they hear it, can can feel like maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel or that they're not alone. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Tell everyone how to find you on social media. Um, I'm on Instagram, R-H-O-C, Emily Simpson. And that's really it. I don't, yeah, we were just I talking just, how bad we are. I, just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I was, I'm was. i not on TikTok. And, Here, you can um, find me at Here's My Address. <laughs> right. <two> right. Zero. <laughs> that's, that's how old school I am. Put a stamp in the upper right corner. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening. If you have a moment, please go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, say what you love about Heather Dubrow's world. If you need help with IVF or anything, there's so many resources now. Go online, Google it, get a board-certified doctor, and go get your questions answered. And, hey, we'd love to hear from you too. So hit us up and, and let us know what you thought. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Heather Dubrow's World. Download new episodes every Thursday and Friday on Podcast One, the Podcast One app, or Apple Podcasts. And please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a lovely five-star rating. Go to Apple Podcasts and say how much you love Heather Dubrow's World. See you next week. I'm Lola. And I'm Megan. And we're the hosts of Trust Me, Cults, Extreme Belief, and Manipulation. We both have childhood cult experiences, and we're here to debunk the myths about people who join them and show that anyone can be manipulated. Our past interviews include survivors and former members of the Manson family, Nexium, MS-13, Teal Swan, Heaven's Gate, Children of God, and the Branch Davidians. Join us every week as we help you spot the red flags. Get new episodes of Trust Me every Wednesday on Podcast One or wherever you get your podcasts.